You're listening to What Do Scientists Do? A show where I talk to a different guest each episode and they teach us all about their favorite science topic. My name is Jessica, and today I get to talk to Sean, who teaches us what it's like to become a doctor. My name is Jessica, and I'm joined by our very special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself, give us your name and your pronouns? Sure. Uh, I'm Sean, um, and my pronouns are he and him. So, Sean, what kind of science thing do you do? So, I do more of an applied science. Uh, I'm right now a medical student at Dalhousie University, uh, but I did do medical sciences for my undergrad. That's super cool. So medical students are people learning how to become doctors, right? That's right. So what kinds of things do you have to do in order to learn to be a doctor? So there's a lot of things that you sort of need to learn uh, in order to become a doctor. A lot of the things are basic sciences for your sort of foundation. So you start off learning about biology um, and, you know, things such as like your digestive system or the brain um, or other things in that sort. And then you start learning where things might go wrong or might be right, uh, things that might be abnormal or normal. And so you start learning about different diseases and conditions that appear throughout all of human nature. And it's been really, really interesting so far. So there's lots of learning to do and it never stops. Yeah, that's super cool. Do you have a favorite class that you've taken so far or thing that you've learned? So in medical school, it's a little bit different from other classes. Uh, A lot of the times we do spend our time sitting in front of a desk, listening to a lecturer or teacher, and they teach us all sorts of cool, new, wonderful things. Uh, But my favorite portion actually of medical school is the times that we get to go into hospital. Uh, These are called our elective times. And with that, you get to shadow or you get to uh, trail along with a uh, doctor for the day. Uh, They can do any sort of specialty that they really want to, uh, whether that's surgery if you want to get messy or emergency medicine if you're really into the sort of uh, acute things um, or family medicine if you're really into speaking with full families and children. Um, And so that's my favorite time of the, the week is when I get to go into hospital or into a family medicine clinic and I get to interact with patients and their families. Yeah, so that's super cool. You get to do a little bit of like classroom learning and going out and seeing what it's actually like to work as a doctor, which is probably pretty important if that's going to be your job at some point in the future. Do you have a favorite medicine fact? A favorite medicine fact? I think the one that surprised me the most when I was first learning, I guess not medicine, but just anatomy in general, is that We always think of our organs like our heart and our lungs, our brain, uh, but the the actual biggest organ on our body is our skin. So I thought that was really cool because I never thought of skin to be like an organ system, but it is a complete organ system. So um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool because I guess organs usually think of as like squishy blobs somewhere in your body, but your skin isn't like that. It's just all over. Yeah but you yeah. still have to think of it as an organ. That's yeah, pretty cool. It still has its healthy states. It still has its disease states. So you definitely have to think of it as its own thing. Do you have something that you think everyone should know about becoming a doctor? Becoming a doctor, um, 
is on one part a lot of science, which is what we're here to talk about. Um, so that, again, there's a lot of biology, physiology, pathology that is involved. So the things that you see on TV where people are, you know, shouting out numbers and shouting out different uh, ions and shouting out different elements. Um, but a lot of being a doctor as well is being able to talk and converse with patients and families. Um, so this really isn't shown too much on TV, uh, or at least it's not the very quote unquote exciting part, but it's a really, really big part. And it's actually my most exciting part of the, the week, as I've said before. So when you become a doctor, you need to think about whether or not, one, you like to learn medicine and science, uh, but also, two, if you are the type of person that likes to be around people all day, uh, the type of person that doesn't really know what's going to happen when someone walks into their office necessarily. Um, there's not really a strict schedule and emergencies can pop up anytime. And you're also the type of person that is able to talk with families and, you know, empathize with them and understand that right now they're at their most vulnerable states. And it's a privilege for you to be able to talk with them at their most vulnerable states. And so being able to comfort someone, uh, being kind um, and thinking about solutions together is something that we stress a lot at Dalhousie Medicine. Uh, so that's something that I think all everyone who wants to be a doctor should think about whether or not they want that in their life, the whole life, because it sometimes can get tiring, but it's really, really rewarding if you do. Yeah, I think that's super good to think about. So you have to be a people person. You can't just be, yeah. I guess, most doctors, doctor house in real life would probably get fired. <laughs> yeah, probably. You have to actually be a people person and treat all your patients like just the people that they are. Do you have a favorite science thing that you've ever done, whether it was in med school, a placement before med school? Um, I can talk about two things. I can talk about a favorite like medically related supernova project, and then I can talk about a favorite medically medically related sort of my project. Um, yeah. So for supernova, I remember during one of my first years as a counselor, I invented a, it was this sort of like laparoscopic surgery um, project for the kids that were around grades four to six, I think. Um, and they were able to use different tools such as like uh, toothpicks um, and like nails and like to our uh, paper clips and then like little fuzz balls and stuff. And we made this little like body uh, that they can pick things out of. Um, so it was sort of like a make-believe surgery. And we talked to them a lot about different types of surgical tools, um, which again, at that stage, you know, it's just for fun and for learning purposes. Um, but it's, it's really, really fun to see people make their own like retractors or their own, um, I guess, safer scalpels and things like that, where they can sort of use a camera and look inside of a body and pick things out. Um, and some of the kids got really creative. So I was really, really happy with that project with the kids. What does laparoscopic mean? So laparoscopic surgery, it's, it's sort of a newer sort of field of surgery. And I probably shouldn't be the one talking about this since I'm a medical student, not a surgeon yet. Um, but basically put it, it's minimally invasive surgery. Um, so a lot of the older surgeries, and it still happens uh, when you, uh, the, the older surgeries, they would make bigger incisions. And so you'll see those big cuts all down your body. And that leaves you with poor wound healing, um, poor, like more uh, risk of complications, uh, such as infection and stuff like that. Laparoscopic, laparoscopic surgery 
is much more when you have smaller incisions. So they would just be around a couple centimeters in diameter. Um, and so smaller cuts. And so that leads to uh, you have sort of probes that go in on different sides of your body. And it's kind of like a video game, honestly, uh, when you see some of them, because I, I worked in thoracic surgery for a little bit, and that's with your lungs. And so they do a lot of laparoscopic surgeries now where they cut little incisions on the sides of their body. You kind of put in probes, uh, instruments, and you sort of work on via via camera. So instead of looking into the body where you would, if you opened up the whole body, you sort of look at the camera that's above you and you sort of see the insides of the body. So it's really cool. So you sort of have a camera probe that's been put in, then you have instruments as well, and you sort of work while you're inside the body, uh, but you're sort of like looking at a TV screen. Um, so it's kind of cool. Some of the, the doctors told me that, you know, all the video gaming that I used to do pays off because a lot of the times it just feels like a video game. Um, so it, it's really, really interesting. They do that a lot for like lung surgeries, um, some sort of cardiac surgeries as well, and some abdominal surgeries too. Cool. So it gives you a way of doing these surgeries that otherwise maybe would take a really long time to heal from or something in a way where you own, because you can send the instruments in instead, you only have to um, make tiny little incisions and you can heal a lot faster and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And usually the, the processes are pretty short compared to your sort of full body incisions as well. So the surgery itself is also um, shorter. Cool. So play video games so that someday you can be a laparoscopic surgeon is the um, <laughs> takeaway from this episode. I'm mostly kidding. You have to do a lot of other things to become a surgeon, obviously. But video games won't hurt. They don't hurt. Really no, I'm still here. I still play video games. So yeah. doing something right. Exactly. The best thing about medicine so far was actually on my first day of my first elective. It was a pediatric general surgery elective. So that's with kids in the hospital um, at the IWK. And we were doing general surgery. So it was an abdominal surgery. So right over the belly. Um, and usually in first year, um, a lot of the students are there for observing purposes and for learning purposes, which is great. Um, and there's usually a lot of other people who are a lot more experienced who get to do a lot of cool surgeries before you. Um, in that day, for some reason, a lot of the older uh, surgical residents and other people in training and, and uh, workers were all busy or not attending the surgery. So I was actually able to scrub in or assist in the surgery uh, on my first day and my first elective, which was really, really interesting. So uh, that includes sort of getting prepped with uh, your hand washing, and it's very vigorous hand washing, something that you've never done before. It feels like your skin's almost about to fall off uh, because you got to be super clean before you get into the uh, operating room. And then you get gowned up. That includes sort of putting on your gloves, putting on uh, your big gown and making sure everything is sterile or clean. Um, and if you break it for even a second, you'll have to rewash and do it all over again. So it was a bit nerve wracking, but once I got all cleaned and sterile, uh, it was really, really interesting to just be over an abdominal surgery with a, a kid and, and with my attending uh, or my preceptor, so my teacher at the time. Um, and we were able to kind of step by step go through the procedure. It was only an hour and a half long or so, um, but it was super cool. Like lots of really cool things where I was able to hold things, um, cut things with scissors. Um, I was also able to burn tissue as well. So uh, we call that cauterizing tissue. 
Uh, so it's basically like a little pen and you kind of it's like a it's really cool. Um, so uh, that was really that was really eye opening for me and it definitely turned my head towards surgery a little bit. But um, yeah, that was probably my favorite experience. Yeah, so that kind of leads into my next question, which is, do you know what kind of doctor you want to be yet? Do you have an idea? It's really hard to have an idea yet. Uh, I think a lot of my classmates are in the same bubble. Um, again, like I just said, surgery has always kind of been an option now for me. It's on the forefront. Uh, it's really, really interesting to be on your feet and with your hands the whole day. And you get to learn such cool tying techniques. Although uh, I'm also still sort of liking other aspects of medicine. So right now I'm doing a full year uh, shadowing an emergency doctor, which has been absolutely wonderful. So uh, having that acute care, um, always talking to the patients uh, and seeing what they're most worried about, um, seeing some really, really interesting and fascinating things come into the emergency has been really uh, wonderful and it's been really exciting as well such an exciting environment um, that being said I love like I was when I was with Supernova and when I'm at my other uh, jobs I'm always with children so pediatrics is also a big thing for me so I'm, I'm undecided right now as you can see Jessica but um, uh, there's some front runners for sure yeah those sound like a lot of good options I mean you don't have to decide yet right yeah no how long are you in school for before you have to become a doctor? So in order to become a doctor, you'll have to graduate your grade 12 year. And then after that, most medical schools uh, require you to finish a complete undergraduate program. So that'll be four years of some sort of undergrad. It could be in anything, biology, it could be in uh, neuro neuroscience, it could be uh, in arts, it could be in uh, whatever it is, kinesiology. So after those four years, you then get to apply to medical school, and then you have four more years when you're in medical school. Uh, so you can see how it becomes quite a long journey, which is uh, pretty tiresome for some people, but for others, people love it. And of course, if you're a doctor and you're handling people's lives, you kind of want to make sure that you know what you're doing. So the eight years of school is justifiable, but it's really four years in medical school, and then you have your residency and uh, other placements after. So what happens during your residency? So after your four years of medical school, in your fourth year, um, you decide to apply to a residency program. A residency program, really simply to put it, is just doctors in training. Um, and so you might think, oh, like when you're a student, aren't you doctors in training? Why do you have to be in another set of training? Well, in medical school, you learn a lot of different things. Uh, like I said, you learn a lot about the brain. You learn a lot about the gut. You learn a lot about the heart, about the kidneys. Uh, in residency, it's much more focused. So then you start learning, okay, I want to be a kidney doctor or a nephrologist. So I'm going to go into a nephrology residency program. And so then the next X amount of years of your life, it could be as low as two and as much as five years of your life in residency. You're training for that specific system that you've chosen. So let's say I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to take care of the skin. It's the biggest organ in your body. Then I would like to be a dermatologist. And so with a dermatology residency, you would go through those amount of years in order to perfect your practice. And even after residency, after all that training, there's more training that happens on top of that. So let's say you wanted to be a general surgeon, and that would be a five-year residency program. If you wanted to be a pediatric general surgeon, then there's fellowships or specializations that are happen after residency. So that would be another application process and another two plus years 
uh, of fellowship uh, in pediatric general surgery. And then after that, you can finally become that pediatric general surgeon that you ever wanted to be. Uh, so you can see it's a pretty long process, uh, but again, every step that you go towards becomes more and more specified and you start growing in love with that one specialty that you want to do and you become an expert in that. Yeah, so the more narrow of an expert you want to be, the longer you have to spend kind of doing more and more narrow training to become that kind of expert, which it makes sense that it takes a really long time to do that. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Sean. And as always, a big thank you to everybody listening. For more science fun, you can check out our past episodes at bit.ly forward slash what do scientists do, or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at scientistsdopod. That's also where we'll be announcing our guests for each episode. So if you have a question about anything from microwaves to megalodons, you can tag us on Twitter or send us an email at whatdoscientistsdo at superstaff.ca. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Bye for now. This podcast was made by Supernova at Dalhousie University, a network member of Actua. For more information on our summer camps, workshops, and more, check out supernova.dal.ca.